be seated. During Christmas, we have celebrated the coming of God as Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh, God coming into the world as the Word, as Mary's child, a little baby. Before long, we come to understand Jesus as walking with us, dying for us, rising again for us, God still with us, Emmanuel. Today's gospel shows us ways in which God is very much with us, alongside us. God is being very much like us so that we can become more like God. A question comes from all of the gospel accounts that talk about the baptism of Jesus. And it's a, it's a very basic question when you think about it. Why did Jesus need to be baptized? If baptism was typically for the forgiveness of sins, and Jesus had no sin, why would he be baptized? Well, the early church wrestled with this issue, and baptism was often, even then, associated with the cleansing from sin. You may know the stories of famous uh, Christians like St. Augustine, who delayed baptism as long as possible because they were fearful of sinning once they had been baptized, that somehow that would undo the baptism. And so they waited as long as they possibly could. The church wondered in the words of an early church theologian, Maximus of Turin, with that wonderful name, Maximus, asked the question out loud, why would a holy man desire baptism? Well, the reason Maximus gave is the reason the church has given ever since. It's because Christ is baptized not to be made holy by the water, but to make the water holy. By his cleansing, he purifies the waters in which he touches. And so Jesus is baptized not so much because of sin, not even original sin, whatever that may be, if ever that were, but rather Jesus is baptized to bring holiness into the world in no uncertain terms, to bring us from the death of sin into the life of God's love and forgiveness. When John the Baptist sees Jesus, he says that something is coming that's greater, greater than ever before. John baptizes with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming. He will baptize also with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The Holy Spirit and fire refer to a very old-fashioned church word, sanctification. It's the process of being made holy. It shouldn't sound as foreign as it does or might, because sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit in each one of us. It begins at our baptism and it never ends until we're in the face of God. We're, be we're being made holy a little bit at a time, day after day, as we repent, as we fall, as we get back up again in the strength of our baptism. How all of this plays itself out is a mystery as different as each one of us, but it begins in our baptism. 
People sometimes wonder why we should be baptized, what difference baptism makes. Because it's in this process, baptism begins this process, that the whole movement of life carries us. It begins with baptism, but it continues throughout our life. Baptism can mean very many different things for all of us, but it at least involves three things, I think. Three very basic things. Baptism involves our getting wet, (laughs) our making a splash, and our sharing the water with others. Of course, today it's as though God, God's self, is celebrating the baptism of the Lord with the rains that all of you have, have endured to get here. In just a few minutes, we'll remember our own baptismal vows. And with a good arm and a little bit of wind, I'll get you wet with holy water as we remember our baptisms. And so in baptism, we're invited to get wet. Baptism is a change. It's a a moving forward. It's a leaving behind. In wonderful imagery, when we reaffirm our baptismal vows, I'll ask those of you who are able to turn and face the font. And in so doing, we imitate an action that comes from the very early, early Christian church. Christians were invited to turn from sin, from turn, to turn from darkness and face the direction of the rising sun, to turn from the old ways into the new. It's a perfect thing to do with a new year. Our first scripture reading today from Isaiah speaks of God's choosing. God chooses the people of Israel and invites them to turn toward God. God has chosen a servant people and called them by name. God has held them by the hand. God's given them power to to see the light, to open their eyes, to understand mercy, to show compassion to those around them. And so this servant that God speaks to in Isaiah is the whole people of Israel. It's a servant who's uniquely and fully embodied by Christ, the servant. And it's the same servanthood in which each of us is baptized. Each of us follows. Each of us is called. We're called to get wet. And that means getting involved, not standing on the bank of the river, remaining dry above it all but to get involved, to allow the power of God to have its full effect on us. St. Paul understands baptism in stark terms as dying and rising again. Paul says, We were buried, therefore, with Christ by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We will not go from life to death and to new life without some effect. And at the very least, the effect will mean that we get wet along the way. In baptism, we're called to get wet, but we're also called to make a splash Like a stone that's thrown into the water and makes a ripple effect, the ripple of our baptism should go outward and affect others throughout our life. It will naturally spill over. 
I used to wrestle with the good ushers in a former church where I served, where if the water overtipped the font, they would immediately race back and try to mop it up. <laughs> I would try again and again to say, no, 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 I love the fact that the water has spilled. That's the idea. <laughs> the water doesn't stay neat and safe and careful. It overflows, just like the rains today. We're called to get wet. Sometime watch a group of kids at a swimming pool. If you notice, the minute parents or adults turn away, they begin splashing each other. It's just what they do. It comes natural. They want to make a difference. One will do a cannonball into the water to displace the water, to, to make it dance. That's what happens when we're baptized. We're called to make a splash, make a difference. As Christians, we could use a little more of this childish instinct. A lot of us are very careful with our faith and our piety. We, we try so hard not to look like some of those Christians we might see on TV or those we might meet at the bus stop who look at us and say, is this seat saved? And by the way, are you? <laughs> we, we don't want to be those people, but we could be those people a little more without offending We're called to make a splash, not in the way that splashes water into people's eyes, but in a way that's inviting, that says as much as, come, join the fun. Look at what we're doing. Look at how the world is changing where we are. Join us. We're called to get wet. We're called to make a splash. And finally, of course, we're called and commanded to offer the water to others. We do that at the Church of the Holy Trinity in a number of ways already. We offer literal water to others at the Tuesday lunches, at the Saturday dinners, in the shelter, at special events and receptions and coffee hours and the Mayfair and other occasions. Through our partnership and our companionship with the wider church, we offer water to those who thirst wherever they may be, whether prisons or parks or schools or hospitals. But we also offer spiritual water wherever and whenever we introduce others to Christ, wherever and whenever we show hospitality. Remember, Jesus received water from John the Baptist. Jesus received water from the Samaritan woman. And he makes it clear that whenever we offer water in his name, it's as good as offering the Lord himself. As the heavens open in Luke's gospel, the Holy Spirit descends and the voice of God is heard. It must have seemed at first like a storm, like a great outpouring of rain. But then those around heard that it came with blessings. You are my chosen. Get wet, make a splash, share the water. Jesus was baptized and we are baptized And we're sent into the world, whether close at home or far away, baptizing in the name of the Holy Trinity. Our baptism is where we are initially commissioned, and then we live into that baptism, and we live out that commission for the rest of our lives. I've been to some churches where I've noticed the people leave immediately after they receive Holy Communion. They don't stick around for that prayer after communion. You might have noticed that too. Now, I know folks are busy and sometimes uh, they're going to to get their car or meet someone or they have an appointment or they have an event to go to. I, I get that. 
But I like to tell myself another story. I like to imagine that they're leaving because they can't wait to get to work spreading the gospel. <laughs> imagine if that were the case. Just imagine. For those of us who do stay for that prayer after communion, we often ask God to send us out into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve. How great would it be if we just couldn't wait? And out we go. In the back of the prayer book, there's a wonderful section entitled The Catechism. And uh, we don't have to memorize it when we're growing up. We don't have to know every word and every punctuation mark. But sometimes it's a good thing to look at. In the catechism are the, the basics of the Christian faith, especially from an Anglican Episcopal point of view. And you can look up things if you're wondering about them or rusty about them. The prayer book in the catechism reminds us that holy baptism is the sacrament by which God adopts us as his children and makes us members of Christ's body, the church, and inheritors of the kingdom of God. In my last church, there were a number of children who were adopted. And so any time that word adoption was said or read in church, it was like the magic word, and faces would light up because people knew what that meant. There were children who had been in foster families after family after family after family, and finally someone formally adopted them. They understand that word, adoption. Do we live into our adoption with the gratitude God desires? Do we offer and extend that sense of being adopted as Christ's beloved to others? That really is good news that's too good to keep inside these walls or any walls. And so on this feast of the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give thanks for Jesus' baptism, for his becoming like us so that we might become more like him. And we can give thanks for our own baptism, even as we look for more opportunities to get wet, to splash and to share the living water. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.